Welcome to What Won't She Say, a woman-centered podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Mastic. Stick around for the season to be inspired by amazing women who bravely delve into the stories of their lives, giving hope and inspiration to others. Together, we will explore such a wide array of topics that you will be asking yourself, what won't you say? All right, welcome back to another episode of Believing in Biscuits uh, for our Ted Lasso recap. And I believe Sarah, my co-host here, said that this episode is what will never have Paris. We'll never have Paris. This is episode number eight of the 12 in the final season of Ted Lasso, season three. Uh, I don't know. You keep hearing grumblings of people saying that there might be a season four. I hope there's not. I hope they start. I mean, I think they have a very... Yeah, I, th- I think they, you know, they knew the story arc for each character and they're, and we, you know, we just have to trust that they're getting there. It feels like there's still so much story to be told. I don't but trust. I, you don't? I don't. You don't no, think I in do the not next... trust. No, no. <laughs> so you don't think in the next four episodes, eight, nine, yeah, you don't think in the next four episodes they can wrap everybody up at an hour each episode? No. No, there's like, they, they got to wrap up the story arc of like 12 characters. Yeah. In four hours. I think I can do it. I don't. I do not. I do not. Because that's two movies, right? ish <laughs> i mean now you know what i mean everything's about two These and a half days. hours and, yeah. and that, by the way it can be you know we, i always say like it could have been 45 minutes when i see a two-hour movie so maybe That's maybe true. you know like maybe if there you know there is good writing but it does feel like it feels like it's going to be hard because they keep introducing people right the final like jade uh zava all these different people they're in, they're interjecting you know they're giving trent right. a lot more time and so that part is very hard it's like you know, anyway, so let's just, we'll start. I don't want to go okay. on about my, I don't believe that they're going to end it well, but um, there has been complaints that these episodes are too long and that they're smushing too much stuff in that kind of thing. This one, I would say my only complaint was the order of the scenes. There was a lot of cutting, cutting, cutting back yeah. and forth between different, um, you know, events that were happening in different places. And I would have ordered a little differently, but otherwise, okay. Yeah. It felt like last week was sort of the rise mm-hmm. and then this week is the fall. Mm-hmm. the fall of was, a lot of things and emotionally it was it was yeah. a sadder toned episode yeah. yeah okay so it starts with the t- you know doing total football ted's new plan to get the the team you know back in in shape um they have four wins in a row they're on fire they're doing great everybody allegedly should be feeling very positive about this right um but we see immediately that ted is in a different emotional place yeah. despite the wins right so he's in that place because um, Henry's come to visit for what presumably is a long weekend um, uh, because Michelle and her beau, their former Dr. Jake, is they're coming to visit initially uh, they were going to go tour England and now they're going to Paris for the weekend. Dun, 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 dun. Right. <laughs> so, so I would say, okay, so Michelle's character, we've gotten to know just a little bit, right? In this episode, we saw her laughing at his jokes more and giving her own very similar kind of punny. Like you Mm -hmm. could see the chemistry that at least had been there. You know, you could see kind of how they made sense to each other at one point in time. Would you agree? Yeah. And you can see the lack of chemistry between her and Jake. Big time. And they're pretty awkward. (laughs) So they make a couple very, um, they, they make, they lead us to dislike Jake in a few very clear ways. Yeah. One of them is his hand hygiene. (laughs) 
<laughs> like right away, he makes a whole big production about having to wash his hands and that he's a hand washer. And she repeats, he's a hand washer, which I think just means like he's dull and a little neurotic and yeah. unlikable, right? Yeah. Like, that's what they're saying with that. They definitely also, get him like a Ned Flanders vibe. But not in like a cool way like no. Ted. No, yeah. <laughs> who very much has yeah. that, but yeah. like, you know, when Ned's at his best, right? Yeah. yeah, he's very much like the annoying parts of Ned. Yeah, and he and he's touristy and he's just kind yeah. of cheesy. And he also, you know, he, and this is un- more understandable. He's sort of parenting Henry, right? Because he spends a lot of time with Henry and Michelle, you know? Yeah. So he's there's a little bit of like stepping on toes there too, you know? But which I love how I hold he, that against him though. He steps on toes with the whole giving him more money, but he doesn't have money. I thought that was very right. interesting. Like That's he's trying too. to do it, but he doesn't, he's not good he at actually it. actually can't. Yeah. yeah. Um, in that scene, so the three of them are at breakfast, the adults and Henry's um, trying to, he's playing pinball there at the bar. May is supportive and gives Ted a little bit of a hint of hope that, mm-hmm. you know, nothing's impossible. This, you know, like mm-hmm. insinuating that the marriage could maybe reconcile is I think what she's insti- or insinuating. Um, the Ted pulls the green matchbox from Ola's out of his pocket. Mm-hmm. A lot of people online have been making like, oh, my God, now he and Rebecca are meant to be. I didn't feel that because they all received matchbooks mm-hmm. when they were there. Did you feel that that meant more? Uh, no, I feel like the green matchbox. Uh, uh, yeah, the green book, a matchbook, I should say, is. Uh, if you think about every scene that you've seen it in now, it re- to me, it represents possibilities. Mm. it's not a link directly to one person to another every single Mm -hmm. time even when like sam looked at it you know when they were redoing the restaurant like it's all i think it's all possibilities it's like sort of like a good omen you know in a way interesting okay yeah Mm -hmm. and so like he he looked at it right then and i mean if you know sam can do the impossible they can all do the impossible and uh that's that's how i view i could be wrong but that's always how it feels to me it feels like a possibility and opportunity yeah okay i like that and they would all rally around that. They certainly have with other things like believe, you know. Right. Um, okay, something else that everybody's buzzing around online. Do we hate the actor who plays Henry? Do we have any feelings about that? Um, I don't. I mean, because he's a kid act. He is a kid actor. Like he's not. He's right. not good. He's not a good actor, you know. Um, but uh, or the character himself. Do we have feelings about that? Like it's not a very again this is the flashing back to the very beginning of this conversation it's not a very developed character at all mm-hmm. and but it's supposed to be this majorly significant character within the show and the thing is is i don't give two shits about henry right i don't and, give two shits about me, a lot of these characters the writer's fault yeah like he's just a little kid and he's just doing whatever he yeah. can to sort of pull out these lines but it does so the the emotions that they're trying to um invoke with him don't really play because Mm-mm. yeah he just doesn't seem to show up and and the conversations with him and Ted are often kind of fall flat. Like you think it's going to be this really big, meaningful, you know, monologue important, you know, and, and it ends up being, like I said before, like the full house, you know, Danny, you know, end of episode summer. That would be better. Not- that would actually <laughs> yeah. be better. But it, it it's like he is uh, Jake. And, and it's like not who? his kid. And he's trying to have these deep connections with oh, him. Oh, like there's distance there. Like he doesn't have like any kind yeah, of familiarity anymore. It's like, it's like anymore. his friend's kid or something that mm. he's trying to connect with. And it's- So and those it's, two actors might just lack chemistry. There could be that. I was going to say, you know? this kid's either like a really bad actor or, which, you know, 
he could be. I don't know. You know, I'm not trying to bag on a little kid, you know, who's, who's trying to make a living as an actor. I am. But or or he is he's just given a really shitty character to play. Yeah. There's just not a There's lot not of much to him. It. No, 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 not. And, and again, I don't I have no feelings towards him. If I never see that kid again. Right. <laughs> I'd be happy with it in, in Ted Lasso because you're just taking up screen time for people I Where actually is- care about. Whereas I've seen a lot of people being like, where's Phoebe? I miss Phoebe. I love Phoebe because she was funny. Yeah, right? yeah like she was she like smart Alec and yeah. And she yeah. and her adult that we always see her with totally mm. click and you yeah. know, you care about that team. You don't care yeah. about this team. And and yeah, we're assuming that Ted's making all these decisions based on this kid, which like anybody's even if your kid is boring as hell, which most people are boring to give mm-hmm. him that. Right. Most mm-hmm. humans on this planet are very dull. Right. Yeah. So even if he's going home to a boring kid, like there's, there's, you know, there's reason for that. There's, there's value in that. So anyway. Okay. So, um, English breakfast being just a pile of little piles. I thought that was funny. And I like the fact that he's like, well, for me, he's like, are you going to have an English breakfast? He's like, well, for me, since I live here, I just call it breakfast. <laughs> I love that right. line. <laughs> and I had a giant cereal. I just had a giant piece of cereal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So then we move on to, um, to Jack and Keely in bed. Ugh, this Jack whole says, entire thing. <laughs> Jack says that her second favorite thing in the world is hooking up with Keely. And she never establishes what her first is. Being an asshole. Yeah, I'm assuming it's money. <laughs> um, so she gets a so they're like making out about to hook up. And uh, she gets a text from her uh, uncle, who's just like a family friend who is the manager of the Louis Vuitton and some mm-hmm. other famous line keely totally knows who it is it's all these billionaires just being billionaires together and they're going to go to a polo match and you're going to go to a billionaire event to be more billionaires exactly <laughs> with horses of course yeah so then uh at the same conversation um uh, keely's notified that there's been a big leak of a bunch of models and actors and, and uh ball players and just just famous people um pictures and videos have gone out including one of her flirtatiously you know a video to a boyfriend where she masturbates Right. from from years back yeah and jack's reaction is so gross and it initially be, you think well initially she was trying not to be gross but she it, it felt very uh insincere and awkward the, the, the consoling that she does yeah and you know to, to sort of take we can sort of take parts from the other part of this episode and put them together in this of the fact of like how she ends up dealing with it and trying to force Keely into dealing with it with the press release and saying things she, you know, saying she's ashamed and she made a mistake. And, and yeah. Keely's like, I'm not ashamed at all of this. And I then, hate that this happened. I yeah. feel violated, but I'm not ashamed that I made it or that I sent it or that I have these like yeah. sexual, you know, feelings or express myself in this way. Yeah. And the but Jack, Jack, yeah, Jack yeah. right away wants to tamp it down. Right. And and is does this like absolute like push and pull with her of like who gives a shit to well you don't need to come to this event I canceled it because I thought you wouldn't want to go like so making her look bad yeah so their whole storyline basically is she says you know yeah this polo event we're gonna go it's gonna be awesome I can't wait to introduce my dad's friends to my girlfriend and then after the video comes out. And of course, once it's out, it's out. Like she can't, she says at first that she's going to, she's going to take care of this for you. Well, yeah. you can't, you know, all she means by that is I'm going to try to um, like damage control, you yeah. know, and that, and that just means putting it back on Keely to, yeah, apologize for being a woman. Right. So um, then when they do, so, you know, the conclusion of that whole thing is when they 
do post video run into friends because she refuses. She won't take her to the polo thing. Yep. She says she's doing it to protect Keely, but of course we know she's just doing it to protect herself. When they happen to run into people at a place that they never would have expected to see people, they go golfing, they go mini golfing in fancy clothes. Uh, she does not introduce Keely as her girlfriend at that point. She's not proud My of her. My friend. She says, yeah. Yeah. Very pointedly. Right. Yeah. And Keely's so, devastated. You know, look on her face. She's completely devastated. She's going through this thing and then she's also being judged made to feel ashamed and then ultimately loses jack over this jack leaves yeah and again we all knew it was going to happen over something but the i love that the writers did such a good job of using this pivotal point of this happening with keely to align relationships poignantly because then you know she runs into roy roy almost gets it right he apologizes to her i feel so bad this happened this is shit are you okay? And then says, who is it? Who'd you make this for? Who is this for? So does he do that because of jealousy? Because he can't get over that. Or does he do this because he's going to somehow try to contact that person and, you know, like make them pay for it? What was your impression? Jealousy. Because that's why she was so disappointed. She would have, be it right or wrong, at least acted uh, flattered if it was he was going to go kick his ass because it's same it was that same sort of confused flattery she had of Jack announcing to the whole office mm-hmm. that they're in a relationship. Mm-hmm. She tells Rebecca that you know she found it really fucking hot and everything, but you could tell also it made her uncomfortable because she didn't have a say in it. Right. Um. So and that's so thing he of, was going to try to hero like take go after the person who actually deserved it, but instead he's still threatened by her past. So he's being like Jack. He's he's also yes. threatened by her being a sexual being before, after, during. You know, and their the relationship shows up in the right way to console. Well, so let's this. get there. Let's let's get there at the end because there's a there's a big moment in the locker room before yeah. that that I yes. think it's important. Yeah, I do want to talk about that too. Yeah, yeah. but um. What else is there to say about that? Oh, also, we need to address the, I mean, Keely works for Jack. Yeah. Right? We talked about so this when, last episode. And you said, bad, do you think she'll lose her job? And I'm like, gonna yeah. going to go bad, bad. Yeah. Right. But I but think I you're think right. Way, Barbara's going Barbara's gonna to save it, though. I think you're right. I think there's a solid chance because there's money. It's not, come mm-hmm. on. Like, Keely has access to funds, right? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe not her own, but she's tight with Rebecca. She's tight with the whole team who are probably millionaires. Like, come on, there's there's money. Money's not a concern here, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I, my guess is she and, and Barbara will start something together. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I Jack think will the, just I, go on. Because I think um, Barbara, as you said uh, so astutely last week, Barbara has the goods on her and, and on Jack, and she's going to use it when the time comes to actually be able to join forces with Keely and, and push Jack out. Also, a solid chance that something's happened between Barbara and Jack in Jack's reference to um, Barbara being like a party animal at some point. Ooh. Like Keely was joking about it and, and Jack said, no, you have no idea. Mm. So there may be yeah. something there too. Um, okay, so Nate and Jade, they are now <laughs> officially dating. So They're sweet. in bed together. <laughs> They're um hilarious scene, I thought, where she, she wakes up, you know, and she's like, all rumpled and morning breathy and stuff and he not only doesn't have morning breath he has showered and shaved and pooed at the flat next door because he doesn't want he's afraid of her seeing him human right yeah. and so her reaction is just like oh weird right. <laughs> which i thought but was really cute. weird yeah yeah um so he wants to cement down what their relationship means at this point like he's trying he's looking for commitment right and so there's a little bit of back and forth there that's kind of cute 
Yeah. Um, yeah. What, so what would you call us? Like, do you have plans with other people? Because I don't have any plans yeah. with other Are people in the meals future. with other people? <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute. That old dialogue. I really like. Yeah. Um, okay. So then we're back in the locker room. Um, Henry is there, but he's like entertaining the team. And, and Colin's got him, you know, helping with, with chores around. And of course, for a 10 year old boy, that's like the best thing ever. Right. So he's having fun doing that. Um, Roy the, says, is this, is this uh, having fun with the kid or is this, uh, are we exploiting labor? <laughs> yeah, this child labor. <laughs> in late stage capitalism, it's about the same. Um, so, okay. So they talk. So, so uh, Ted assembles the diamond dogs because he. Oh is certain <laughs> certain that uh michelle and jake going to paris means that they're gonna get engaged and he's freaking out yeah and trent is brought into the diamond dogs yes which is adorable Very and wonderful cute. yeah yeah but i love like all the different people giving him advice of like don't freak out until till there's something to freak out about and uh i don't know like i said they they played a lot of angles throughout the entire episode showing that there's still serious chemistry between the two of them Ted and Michelle and, and, Ted. and Michelle yeah and that the, like that she probably would want to get together if he were to be more open and expressive so now that he's done all this therapy and all this work and stuff and moved across the world and learned about himself she would take him back in a better version of him I think she might because they seem to keep pushing the narrative that they still have such good chemistry and like um, that is a very specific type of weird to have chemistry together with those two people. And I mean that in a very loving, adorable way. They're adorable weirdos. <laughs> and when you find your other weird and they're willing to work on things, yeah, I think you, you know, in if it's written from a, a real world, world perspective, people do it all the time where they get a divorce and then they grow and they're like, ah, this is all I want out of the other person and I still love them and they're still my mm -hmm. brand of weird. Yeah, I could see that. Um, my issue with a scene is that they're all saying, don't worry about something that hasn't happened yet. Find out before you flip out. They're all giving on the sage advice, but like no one says, this isn't, th this is bound to happen. How did you not see this coming? Like, you're not allowed to be upset about this. Like, we'll support you as you're sad, but you don't get, don't get so wrapped up in this that you lose yourself or anything. Cause this is, this is an inev yeah. inevitability. Nobody not only did they not say that later, they enabled Rebecca it. does. They totally enabled it. Because he's like, he's did. like, didn't he, didn't he ask you for permit? You know, didn't you ask for permission? He's like, I'm her ex husband, not her current father. Right. You know, like he's like, well, why would you even say that? Like, why would right. they, why would this all include it, me at I all? I was surprised by Higgins's reaction. Like, all of it was like, oh yeah, Paris is the place to get engaged. Mm -hmm. And then when he said he was only spitballing that they were going to get engaged, they all kind of like that whole thing kind of fell flat to me. You know, just like yeah. that they were lacking evidence and that that was the problem, not his reaction to it. I wanted them to focus on his well-being through this because this kind of this thing's going to happen. You're divorced. This is going to be, you know, and For you me, moved across the freaking world. If you wanted to be there present with your child instead of some other dude, you got to stay local. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's funny because it didn't fall flat for me in that way because I have no expectations of Ted being healthy or mm. the people he surrounds himself with. Except Higgins is typically like pretty hits the nail on the head like he's pretty good usually yeah i think the thing that i adored about the scene was uh roy being do you want to talk about it yeah uh them including trent in it yeah. i thought there was a lot of really good things and the fact Absolutely. that like immediately they took trent in and they immediately loved his advice yeah him saying like don't worry about it, so there's something to worry about but um yeah i can totally see where you're coming from with that though i hadn't thought it from that angle because i don't ever give ted the benefit of the doubt of being healthy yeah 
Not, I'm not saying that's, that's fair, fair but either, if we're saying but... that it's good for Michelle to take him back because no, no. the healthy oh, version no, no. of I'm him. not saying it is good for that. <laughs> I'm not saying she should. I'm saying that they're they they seem right. to be leading to that because yeah. they do have chemistry. I'm not. I, I don't. That this man is light years away from from relationship like material. Yeah, like Sassy yeah. said. Yeah, she's yeah. totally right. Yeah. Um, it was very funny that Roy was like, yeah, he he understood that Ted needed support, mm-hmm. but when the support came in the form of the diamond dogs, he's like, I gotta go, I'm out. But he was still <laughs> in it. He was still giving his yeah, advice from the other room, you know. But he can't be seen as a joiner because that's not Mm-mm. cool. Mm-mm. Um, so Beard describes it as a group of men committed to supporting each other by sharing the most intimate thoughts, feelings, and experiences. They invite Trent, how are you in or out? And Roy grumps away to his office and Roy, and they go, Roy chose out. <laughs> I just thought that was so, like succinct and perfect. And how Nate tries to recreate this with his own team, his so, own staff with Rupert. Immediately following that scene, we get that Nate scene. And I would have preferred Nate scene at the top of the episode or something, because that to me was just a little like... Eh, cheesy to see the love hounds immediately following an actual diamond dog meeting i don't know something about that rubbed mm-hmm. me wrong just, the, just the order of things i could have like give us more suspense or something but yeah so so how did the love hounds meeting go for nate uh horrific so much so that he said we're just uh, di- uh love hounds are dispersed and we're never going to do this again <laughs> yeah so he tries to like recreate the you know the closeness between men and that doesn't have like his assistant coaches and stuff. They all, it's all a power grid. Like the whole, the leadership team there, it's all authority and fear. So the one guy asked like 15 times, are we in trouble? Why are we in your office if we're not in trouble? And he's trying to be, Hey, I'm Ted. It's cool. But mm. prior to this moment, he's been yeah. nothing but a dictator. So yeah. you can't just, you know, Awful. he has not created that atmosphere whatsoever. And of course, Rupert just doesn't show because he doesn't give a shit about him. So, yeah, so they like the non-sexy conversation about aging parents. The guy tries, but Nate doesn't want that. He wants to talk about him and Jade. And then they recommend negging and uh, not showing vulnerability. Those are their recommendations yeah, I, for how to I, I, handle he's, women. He's like, why are you asking me? I've been divorced three times, you know? Right, right. <laughs> okay. Um, so Ted is still trying to figure out if they're going to get engaged because he's totally hung up on this to the point of you know just like obsession so he goes to rebecca saying i know i'm sure you have a pi in your pocket can you get somebody to to follow them to paris for me and she says sure (laughs) reluctantly you know she tries to talk him out of it and then okay okay so then yeah so then we're we're seeing keely spiraling a little bit and jack sending the message through barbara that you know you gotta (laughs) oh i love that post this apology across the socials except maybe not facebook because that's just for grandparents and racists now isn't it right <laughs> that was a good line okay so then we get to the locker room and there's a long ass scene about deleting i love this scene <laughs> tell me about it i just love that they actually let it play out with both views with all men uh so the, thought- the topic was was whether uh basically if someone sends you a video or a photo if it's your property then to do with what you will like Should a naked presuming it? something yeah. that yeah. could be held against them that yeah. you now have in your hand in your phone yeah and i love the fact that they uh in their own way had a had dialogue about it everybody was mm-hmm. sort of chiming in of like well it's mine they give it to me i can keep it as long as i want and then other the other side was like, no, once the relationship's done, you delete everything, you get rid of it. That's that's a way to respect the other person and their privacy right. and blah, blah, blah. And then this is also where the scene turns weird for Colin. Right. Right. 
Yeah. Well, real quick before we get to that, some very funny moments in the scene. Very yeah. charming and funny. Like, uh, I was going to say Phil, uh, Jamie um, catching, um, wait, Palin, what's his name? Will. Will yeah. is the, yeah. Will's the kit man. So, yeah. So Jamie watching Will go through his phone and shocked at what he finds yeah. out because he's actually like <laughs> he's kind like... of a player, even though he looks yeah. like a tall five-year-old, you know? Um, yeah. yeah it's just funny. some cuteness. I thought it was a little like PSA like, you know, mm -hmm. like it could have been a commercial for them, like mm -hmm. an anti don't do this kind of yeah. commercial, the way that they like round robin it yeah. felt a little cheesy to me, but yeah. I, I understand what you mean. And there were some really like luscious lines in it, but yes. Then, so Colin is like adamant, doesn't want to delete stuff, doesn't want to delete stuff, gets up and walks out. Yeah. And then, uh, I can't Isaac. remember, uh, oh, what's the captain's name? Isaac. Isaac. Yeah. Sorry. Isaac comes out thinking he's just like fluffing off his responsibility of doing that and just doing whatever he wanted. And he's like, I said, delete it. And he yanks the phone out of his hand and they fight for the phone back. And then Isaac sees that, uh, you know, there's probably photos of, of either men or him with men. Right. And, uh, and just, gives a foreboding look you know you don't know how he's processing this good or bad right. he just hands the phone back and walks out what do you think that look meant so we know at some point colin's going to come out or be outed um i think isaac i think isaac will probably tell colin that his team has his back and that he can trust them and will be more upset that he was keeping it from them than any the reality of him being gay you know than mm. anything about that that's mm. my guess but i could be giving way too much credit to these guys who are still professional athletes and have been raised in this very you know homophobic you know misogynistic kind of environment their whole life i don't know but we'll see um it, the reason that isaac did finally tell everybody to to like like just put the hammer down on everybody deleting it is because they found out that keely was one of the people right. and they're all of course big keely allies mm -hmm. you know and so roy hears that's how roy finds out and then so he goes and like puts his foot in his mouth with keely yeah again it was like so close he almost had it it was like this touching beautiful moment and keely was so moved you can tell you can tell like the gears were turning like maybe he's just you know he is going to be more emotionally vulnerable and available and blah 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 and then he's like who was it for and then he knows he messed up because right when he gets in the car he's just like fuck you know the look on his face like i blew this again and again you know the whole thing of jamie showing up at her door being sincerely chivalrous about it and and so at the and, end yeah it's just incredible so we find out yeah so we find out that the video came from a hacking of jamie's email and so yeah. it was sent to jamie originally so he's profoundly apologetic and she I'm says sorry. you don't have to be because you're violated yeah. in this too like she wasn't upset with him at all she she knows she trusts that Except he didn't like his password was password his password was password. she was a little but mad about that it, but he spelled it with two s's so it should have been fine <laughs> <laughs> that was great you know that was yeah so, but so we're seeing his but his growth and his sweetness but also so he goes through this whole timeline of like i hung on to it because i thought you and i were getting back together and then i deleted half of it because i was mad that you got with roy and then when i real and i still thought i was gonna get back with you but then when i realized that that was official i deleted all of it like he he goes through that whole thing so we see that when their their breakup happened it was more significant to him than we ever understood and his state of mind that he was in too saying, I thought you got with Roy to, to stick it to me, to like right. make me jealous. Like right. that was, that was very telling of who he was then too. 
Mm-hmm. So there's still something like between Roy and Jamie, because I think that that was Roy's big thing is like he knows she's had other sexual partners in the past. Mm-hmm. But is it specifically that he was worried that it was going to Jamie? You know, is that why he put his foot in his mouth? Is that why he said, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And again, that is the one of the reasons why they're not together anymore is the fact that he right. can't get over that. Insecurity. And, you yeah. know, and, you know, like I get it. But yeah, you have to grow up at some point and just get over it or not date yeah. the person. Like if well, you really if you can't remember- get over it. In the first season, when they hooked up, do you remember like at the at the press, like she did a fake press conference where she was saying like, yeah, I hooked up with Jamie because you and I weren't together yet. Like, like, get over yourself. Like, this mm-hmm. is not, you know, or I don't remember exactly the details, but basically like, a, yeah, you're not you can't keep me in this sort of like whatever you're trying to do here. I'm not doing that, you know, yeah. which I think is her consistently now in this episode. We're seeing her do that, too. Like, you can't whatever box you're trying to put me in. I'm not. So she and Rebecca have this gorgeous conversation on the couch in Rebecca's office where all the great conversations happen, mm. you know, um, and Rebecca says, well, what can I do? What, what, you know, and she says, and, and Keely's like, I, you know, I'm not an idiot. I know there's tons of topless photos of me online, but those were my choice. Yeah. And I agree that that's a big difference. It's a huge difference, you know? And she says, well, if you could just restructure society so women aren't always sexualized and simultaneously crucified for being sexual, that would be great. Yeah. That was the line of the episode for me. It was gorgeous. And then also, you know, so should I be like to her most, you know, confidant, you know, her her closest, you know, should I be ashamed or embarrassed? Like everybody's kind of looking at me like I should be. My family's not calling me. Jack's telling me to apologize, you know, and and Rebecca, you know, no, absolutely not. Of course not. You know, deep in you that this is not something that you regret or need to feel badly about it all you know it just sucks that like somebody stole it from you uh and then she says silver lining think about how many young women you're going to teach to masturbate properly right (laughs) yeah and then they have a whole conversation about like early life masturbation yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it's delightful it's so funny she's like i blamed it on the dog we didn't have a dog (laughs) right the the couches were all rubbed rubbed bare yeah so I like that Keely, it was nice to see Keely, how she processes stuff. So she's in pain. So she doesn't, she didn't go on a binge. She didn't, you know what I mean? She doesn't like, she's not screaming at anybody. Like she just kind of quietly is going into her own, you know, comfort zone. She goes shopping and she goes, you know, she, mm-hmm. um, she does some crafting with sprinkles. Yeah. She's eating ice cream and she's like, yeah, you know, just, just sweet. Right. Um, let's see. Okay, so Ted reading to Henry at night. Do you remember that whole scene? Yeah, where he basically is trying to get information out of Henry. And, and thankfully, Henry falls asleep in time when he finally starts to grill him about Dr. Jacob. Jake's stay over and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm I'm sitting there like, what did you think would happen? Yeah. Like, well, this like, is it, how it works. Yeah. And, and again, it is the thing that bothered me. There's a lot of things that bothered me about this scene. One, I just thought it was dumb. Uh, but also, because again, like as you just said, like what would you assume happening? You think that they're hanging out playing chess all night, you know? Right. Uh, but also, like the audacity of him to even ask that after he slept with Sassy a bunch of times. Right. Wow. Like, right. Come on. Exactly. It's just, so it, here's where I think if there's going to be any sort of reconciliation, Michelle's going to have to have a big old screaming at him scene at some point about all of these things about just like his bullshit. Like he has to be, he has to be outed for his bullshit and it may not be Michelle. It might be somebody else, but like, he has to have a come to Jesus moment at some point, you know? But I think also he's going to have to have a screaming scene to her too, 
Because whether she's wrong or right, he has to vent his feelings and his emotions about what happened and her seeing Dr. Jacob and in a, in a like normal, healthy way, instead of just pretending and saying, oh, I, I'm real upset about that. And then ending the conversation like, yeah, it'd be know, good to see it. Just a really like throw down, drag yeah. out fight between yeah. them where they both express all the stuff that wasn't they couldn't say before. Yeah, yeah, yeah to really be, connect to and that. say it would be great. But that's the only I should say the caveat is that's the only way that they'll get back together and go forward in a healthy way. They may put them back together because again, I listen, I love the show so much that we're both incredibly busy and, and I do a second podcast on top of my podcast to cover it. So obviously I really love the show. So I don't want any crucifying over this next statement, but this last season has been like this absolute flux of like brilliant writing and lazy writing. Mm. And that's why I want a season four. I want, because again, mm. like I do not have faith that they're going to sew, sew all this up in four more episodes because again, they introduced so many people. There's been such like, you know, this past episode was just such, it was lazy. It was, there was a lot, like I loved a lot of stuff about it, but even like the idea of the locker room of being a PSA. Like it was lazy. Well, so all yeah. the scenes were so that's just lazy. like some good editing, you know. Like I don't, yeah. I don't know. I, I still have total confidence that they're gonna, they're gonna give us a satisfying ending in the next four episodes. Yeah, I don't know. We'll and see. I, well, I don't want to see them like stretch all this out another twelve. Like that would be agony. You know what I mean? Like I don't. They, I, I think they need to finish telling the story now. And if they want to do spinoffs or whatever, that's fine. But like. Well, I don't want to stretch no, it out for several more seasons, but I think one more season would give some. I'm some... in another 12 episodes. Oh, yeah. No, I would want to see that because, again, I don't think the writing has um, done all that it can do to tell a story like like you would have to spend the next four hours. If you were going to put Ted and Michelle back together, you would have to spend the next four hours just on their story to make me care about them wanting to get back together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're gonna you yeah. have to give some valid amount of time to all of these storylines so, for for me to care about them. But the so like my favorite movies and plays and stuff always end, and you're like, I kind of want to just follow these people home. I want to see what happens next. I would not be surprised if a couple of these relationships are left a little open ended, where there's been enough growth and and that there's a potential there. Oh we yeah, that, and they should be. I agree. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, like, I don't oh. think everything should be tied up in a bow, but yeah. I don't. That's not even far enough. There's like what story arc is going on right now that you can figure out what's going on with anybody, <laughs> anybody. Well- anyone they give me any storyline and tell me where the hell you think it's going i still i swear to you it'll still be satisfying i swear i promise i will burn this whole place down if it's not because again (laughs) there's no you can't even tell me where anything is going and what like so you're gonna need four episodes with the whole jane and beard thing you're gonna need four episodes for the whole (laughs) jacob michelle you know henry ted thing you're gonna have more you need more episodes for rebecca keely roy jamie colin you know nate is nate gonna you know the west ham we didn't even talk about west ham in this episode of them going real quick okay let me just let's drop a few more things in because we are because we could talk for four more hours about this episode alone um, okay, so yes, Ted and Beard hang out with Henry on their day off. And what does he want to do? He doesn't want to go on the six-hour Jack the Ripper tour when people chase you, which sounds amazing. <laughs> well, all Beard's ideas were like murder and mayhem. <laughs> of course. Um, but no, he wants to go see a football game. Well, the only football game that's happening is Nate's West Ham game. So they go, and they're just kind of like they're in the fourth row or something. And so they awkwardly wave to Nate. And of course, the kid is all cute and supportive because he doesn't, yeah. you know, we've already established that he's stupid. So um 
Let's see. Yeah, so they okay, end then up... they go to May's place afterwards. Mm-hmm. She almost doesn't won't serve them because they've been to the West Ham. Not <laughs> almost. She doesn't serve them at first. <laughs> You're like, she's like, he's a little boy because she's bringing him milk. <laughs> um. So then Rebecca calls and says, "Hey, I have an answer for you about the PI." So Ted goes off to do that, and while he's gone, um, Henry and Beard sit drinking their Hey um, Jude. Yeah, and a busker starts singing <laughs> "Hey Jude." So then uh, Henry says, "I love the Beatles because my dad loves the Beatles," and Beard says, "Hey, listen, you know this is written. It was Julian um, Lennon, of course, mm-hmm. that Paul McCartney wrote it for about." uh john lennon and his mom splitting up and it was meant just like as a supportive anthem of you know you can write your own you know you'll feel you feel like you're living in a sad song right now but you can change your ending you know and so he says that and it's just like it's the most perfect beautiful monologue and it was said it's it's just the right length for a kid to be able to take it and like i loved beard's parenting in that moment i loved the Mm. way that beard approached that and then we learn uh, do you want to talk about the the thing floating around the internet about what brendan hunt feels about that song well, I do want to say about that scene, though, at the, simultaneously while it's happening, um, Ted is getting the information from Rebecca and Rebecca is basically saying, why are you chasing, you know, all these, you know, the past and all these things that may or may not happen when you could be living in this moment, you could be sitting there right now with your kids right. saying, hey, Jude, in London, as opposed to worrying about all these things that may or may not happen. I thought that was well, really poignant to bring that back she again. she says the thing that never got said by any of the guys, you don't you don't get to have this like you yeah Yeah. you're you're ignoring your life and you're ignoring your child for this thing that's already gone you're not in that place with this relationship anymore you have to move on and focus on what's in front of you what matters now yeah yeah just absolutely incredible and so tell the listeners then the whole brendan hunt thing that you sent me so apparently he is known in his family as nana because of the song and he went and saw paul mccartney um because this is like his favorite um his favorite uh song ever and you know he's a huge fan and his mom was in the hospital and he went and saw paul mccartney live the same night and he got a call um on the way home that she had passed away and the song was playing and then the song was playing when his child was born and it just has like significance to him yeah. you know so i love that they used it and that they then uh use it in that manner you know yeah. to, to be supportive of henry whether or not he he cares or understood what was being said or anything it still was great on beard's you know part and then yeah so then ted receives the message from rebecca comes back and sings the na 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 part with the three of them and that's cool yeah so then yeah we get back to keely watching sex in the city because that's what she does when she needs comfort and stuff that's her that's her like safe place and um and jack has a new statement for her to release and they have this whole argument and she basically says it's not a great look when the person I'm seeing whose company I'm funding has a porno online. And Keely's like, not a porno. Didn't do it on purpose. Not sure why you're blaming me. And Jack says, are there more? And he's like, I don't, I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. cause again, I've had, I've had other relationships before. I've, this is how I express myself. This is how I love, you know? And so Jack leaves. Good. <laughs> right. And then Nate and Jade have the commitment talk and they are officially boyfriend and girlfriend. And she encourages him to celebrate his victories and kind of like feel things other than just competition, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I love watching Keely grieve and process. She's just good at it. Uh, no one in her freaking family's checking in, but her team is her family and they're got, they got her back. And Rebecca, of course, got her back. Um, 
Jamie, yeah, shows up as wonderful. Jake is a tourist twat. Uh, <laughs> Paris, okay, so so from what we can tell, so so Ted makes a very <laughs> a clear point of looking at Michelle's ring finger when she gets back, and there's nothing there, and there's not great energy between her and Jake. Would yeah. you say? Yeah, it's it's you can tell because he even asked her how was Paris, and she's like, it's okay. Yeah, like, it was all right. You know, that's what it's known for is being all right. Yeah. Oh, and Rebecca asked, "Why you didn't? Why didn't you never take?" Because he, he was like, "I bet they're at her favorite hotel. I bet they're at her favorite restaurant." She's like, "I thought you'd never been there before." And he was like, "No, we haven't, but maybe she has." You know, like he. So he never took her either, but he's mm-hmm. jealous of somebody else doing it. And I think mm-hmm. again, that's the like that's what the screaming match is going to include some of that yeah. stuff. You know. Yeah. But yeah, her time with him there didn't go great. This is not the relationship that's it's not it's not this is not the threat this is not the problem this man is not the obstacle to ted and michelle you know ted is yeah exactly yeah well so um another quick thought i had is like the way they're presenting the roy keely stuff this season makes me wonder if we all got too invested in their relationship last season you know the last couple seasons Mm -hmm. Because that's when I think, because it's just not, there's like nothing there right now. And there hasn't been, you know? I don't think so. Because I think they developed Keely more this season. Yeah. I think uh, maturity wise, they were kind of close enough in the same spot in season two where it seemed possible, you know, because they look at mm-hmm. people all the time that are not really healed and they get together and they do end up healing or whatever, or they end up growing. But um, no, I mean, I, I think like, so they, do you feel like he's making enough gains to make sense if they do? No. I mean, with no. Jamie, he certainly has been making yeah. some changes. Yeah, but... Jamie has been really vulnerable this season. And No, no, and... I'm saying with Roy, like Roy has been with Jamie as a like a friend and a, mm-hmm. mentoring him. Mm-hmm. He's shown some growth there, you know? Yes, yes. But I think it's more about he no longer has a girlfriend so he needs that kinship with somebody that mm-hmm. you know sort of more of you know he doesn't have intimate you know relationships so he want wants more friendships jamie makes sense to him because they both play the same sport they both have the same yeah. pressure on them things like that and so i think even though he was jealous of him because of the connection with keely that was a natural friendship and um instead of being like ted where in his spare time he sits alone drinking by himself he's trying right. to actually connect with people yeah that makes sense so we'll see what happens. I, I basically think that Roy and Keeley need to get stuck in an elevator together. Michelle and Ted need to get stuck in an elevator together. Like we need to have some pretty like, you know, intense state of the union conversations for these, if these couples are going to get back on track. They're not. I think Keeley will end up with Jamie. I don't think Keeley's going to end up with anybody. I, that is also very, very, I think there'd be a wiser ending and and um i think there's going to be like the potential i think she and roy will be friends again you know like well there's the like maybe out there Mm -hmm. but but i think yeah you know i I think that she's bouncing from person to person and it's not it's not satisfying it's not it's not aiding in her development and growth and stuff you know so yeah i i'm gonna put my bet on jamie he certainly has shown up. It just, they, they, he was so, the way their relationship was first presented to us, there was so nothing there, you know? And that seems to be the only reason why she left because she thought he was attractive. She thought he was charming. She thought he was right. funny. 
like he was sort of superfluous in the same way that she is because we all are we all mm. have our side to us so i think there's actually a real connection there with them but yeah, i maybe. think you know she found and out he was cheating coming. and you know so yeah. like she didn't want to stand for that but it's like if he's grown and matured and they both were like really famous in the same ways and they you know right. made dumb mistakes and they made great you know um great strides in their careers and stuff like that. And I, th I think they have so much in common. And if he's willing to be faithful and be mature and being a grown adult in a relationship with it, I, I think she'd give him another chance. Yeah, I think that's fair. I don't think she should, but I think she will. I'm trying to decide if that would be, if I would like that. Because I think, I think it uh, hmm. yeah, I don't know. It was the light and the darkness of Roy and Keeley that was so fun, but is that good for her? <laughs> you know, or would another light and healing person maturing person be better of course that you know? well i mean the whole thing with roy and keely that was annoying is that um it's a lot of relationships that we see now that um american culture especially thinks okay which is he's an infant and she's an adult right you know emotionally and so it's like right. I, i'm so tired of seeing that trope you know where it's just like right. uh, you know it's it's some grown ass man like babe do i like celery you know when you're right. when they're out eating dinner it's <laughs> like you know do i not like ginger like grow the fuck up you know so it's there like, were a couple times though him with the bathtub scene where he understood he was reading her signs and he did the right thing yeah you know with help and then you know like what he said about uh rebecca's date that one time you know like there's there's yeah. stuff where you're seeing you know some of it but yeah I don't but know. It's, it's her job not to raise him it's not his mom yes you know yes. so and, that, and that's yes, why yes, i feel yes. like it's a lot of that going on uh so the so... most mature man on the show by like leaps and bounds what's Sam. that the oh most yeah. Mature yeah man on the show yeah. i mean yeah by leaps the, and the bounds for sure. probably among them yeah. except for stupid henry which we don't really like okay anyway all right that was episode eight and we'll be back uh next week with episode nine and have a lovely week between now and then this has been believing in biscuits with sonia and sarah Cheers. Thank you for listening to What Won't She Say. You can find us at whatwontshesay.com, on Spotify, iTunes, or anywhere else that you like to find your podcast.